Love a rugby league same-game multi? Then you've got to check out Picklebet same-game multi. Watch your odds and payouts skyrocket when you combine your favorite team's markets like head-to-head, first try scorer, and winning margin. Picklebet, the next-gen betting app and official sponsor of the NRL All-Stars podcast. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, back for the weekly Supercoach episode ahead of round 24. For this one, we do have Billy back on board, as I promised everyone last week. So, Billy, welcome back, mate, to the NRL All-Stars Podcast. Good week of Supercoach, good week of footy that's passed. Yeah, it was, mate. It's, uh, those weeks that you claw your way out of, out of a hole and you go back into it, you never can pick up uh, when folks are waiting and you're going to go ballistic. No, and it's, I mean, head-to-head finals, it's always a week where you just sort of, it's so brutal, isn't it? Like, obviously, some teams, yeah. teams get a second chance, but the, for most teams, you don't. And then it's just like, well, my season's over just because of one poor week type of thing, you know, especially when you're playing overall too. It can be a bit a bit deflating, can't it? Yeah, exactly. I was going to ring you during the week and ask if there's a, if there's a, a, a backdoor prize for the head-to-head comp. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, did, I didn't make the eight, so I'm kind of hoping there might be a booby trap prize, but I won't hold my breath. No. Well, there was actually a few different prizes, actually. So if you did finish first, you, you got a prize. Uh, and if you do finish best overall in the competition, you do get a prize too. So there were some different prizes in the All-Stars comp this year. So we do have that, but I don't think that you finished on either of those, so don't worry. How did you go as far as how many head-to-head comps were you actually in for cash this week? And how many uh, did you actually get through? Uh, I was in four. There were a couple of uh, two, three hundred dollar buy-ins and a fish ninth in both of those. <laughs> um, and the two All Stars ones, stayed on a f- and the uh, hundred dollar one, I uh, ran second in the uh, into the into the finals. We go. Mm, I had seven money comps and I got through on four of them, so I wasn't too displeased winning four out of them. But um, in saying that, geez, there were some brutal losses on the weekend. We may as well go straight into the Clint Eastwood segment, the good, the bad, the ugly, and talk about our scores in the week that was. Managed a 13.42, which seemed to be you know, a bit average to okay. I guess it was half decent, but not high. The good for me, I, Captain Kalen Ponga, exceptionally happy with. Uh, I was a little bit nervous at halftime, I have to say, because he wasn't really doing a lot, but then he just went bang in that second half, didn't he? And, and that was a pretty good one. But what was your good news story for the week, mate? Uh, I had it fourteen and twelve, so it was all right. Yeah, sim- similar to you, mate. I ended up sticking solid with um, Ponga. He was the he was he was the big big one for me. I think Azarko was the other one. That that one kind of pulled me out of the hole a bit. Not earning um, not earning SJ kind of, or yeah, kind of hurt a bit. So uh, he was a not not pod, but kind of pulled me back a little bit. Yeah, I was surprised at the amount of comps that I actually faced people with SJ. It was a bit annoying. I think they're in. Everybody but one matchup of mine had it. And I, look, I beat a few of them with him, but the other ones, it's very hard with a 147 to be able to pull it in. It was the score of the round, obviously. Um, but the bad uh, for me, probably the bad for me is going to be Cody Walker. 
and look he still got a 49 it wasn't that bad and most of my scores were 50 plus so i mean it wasn't i only had two that was were below cody was one of them at 49 but i just think it was one of those ones where a lot of teams did load up on on starting rabbits in their 17 and cody walker is obviously a premium option and he's now gone you know 49 and mid 50s his last three games getting him in has just ended up not being what i hoped and i've said it before it just always ends up being on the bad for me with Cody Walker. It doesn't matter what run he goes on, Billy. Every time I own him for the last five years, he just doesn't come through for me at the time I buy him. Oh, it's happened man. again. And, I, like, I relied on him on the weekend. If he gave me, you know, a 70 or an 80, I'd probably win an extra two comps this week and I'm through to finals still. Yeah, exactly the same boat, mate. I had him down as my uh, my bad and ugly as well. Uh, him, him, him and Moses... I reckon I have um I had um Moses as the bad, even though he was lower lower score, that was I kind of expected Walker to go ballistic. I, I can't believe between Moses versus the Dragons and Walker versus the Tigers, they collectively scored eighty between them. It was demoralizing. A bad couple of weeks. Uh, I've got something uglier for you though. And it's yeah. ugly too because it's quintessential cautionary tale of super coach on what not to do. And I've spoken to people about this several times. I did for it, I think it was the last big buy round. I did a panic trade where I looked at some of my matchups and I hadn't used both my trades and I wanted a hand grenade and I was like, look, who's left? Will Panasini, I'm just going to get him in. And there was like five minutes left until the kickoff of that Eels game. And I got him in five minutes before kickoff on a whim. Never a good idea. It never works out. And it really hasn't. Like, I thought Panasini would have had some big games. I haven't played him every week, but this was a week, Billy, where I went, you know what? I earmarked this one when I bought him. Head-to-head finals starting that week. Will Pennacini versus the Dragons. This is going to be a big one. I reckon he could even get to 100. He's going to get a try for sure. Surely the Eels just absolutely blitz him. And then Pennacini throws up a 41. And it was just a terrible, terrible week for your Eels, mate. So, I mean... It doesn't work that way with the Eels, mate. Don't ever get any of them ever. <laughs> no, look, put, put, put it this way. You, you think... Um... I'll get Moses for a soft run uh, against a team like the Dragons, doesn't perform. Then you get a, you get a bloke like Gutho, doesn't perform versus the weaker teams, but crashes versus the good ones. You get a bloke like Maddo, absolutely crushes, 14 offloads, then gets concussed, comes to the bench, comes off the bench, plays 20 minutes, selling all of a sudden, he's, score, he's scoring 80, 83 or 45 minutes off the bench. Mate, they're a team that just muck with your head. <laughs> It's infuriating. I think the only one with any sort of consistency in there is uh, how good Hopgood's been. Yeah, and he's continued keeping on. Uh, when we're having a look at the round itself, it was one of the, it was a round where there was there were some guys that really came through that were reasonably highly owned, but they're guys as well that I didn't own, and I, and a lot of teams still didn't own, which really hurt. Sean Johnson, obviously, one hundred forty ninety updated to twenty four and a half percent of teams really highly owned. But I tell you what, yeah. Paddy Carrigan. 125 points, back-to-back week scoring his first and second try of his NRL career, and he does it in the head-to-head finals week. I didn't know he was so highly owned. He's over 18% owned, and I hit him up in a couple of head-to-heads where I was against him, and I was like, Jesus. I didn't realise that Paddy was that highly owned, and he's killed it at 125 points. Jermaine Asako, another guy that has burnt me all year, but I felt really good about it, Billy, because... For what five weeks he's average, he's gotten between fifty and sixty points, and you just sort of thought, all right, the Osako train's over. 
He's dropped down from about 50% owner to 35% owner. He threw up 124 with a hat trick that he got in a seven-minute period on the weekend. Like, those ones are just absolute killers if you didn't have them. Yeah, you know, Zarko's always been always been a smoky, though, because he's he's got an attacking style of play and he, and he kicks goals, mate. So even when he has an ordinary game, it's sort of you know, 40, 40 to 50. Got, he still kicks a couple. Yeah, the other side of the fence there, I, I reckon um, Carrigan, mate, I reckon he was actually purchased probably in the last two weeks alone because the mere fact that a bloke like that going from big minutes in the, in the middle going to an edge with a run home, that's the sort of time that you're going to buy him. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if his, his, if his ownership actually picked up sort of 10% in the last sort of, you know, 10 days alone, mate. Mm. I tell you what, Bryce Cartwright, he wasn't here that shined for you. 127 points. I, I should have just kept Bryce Cartwright. Like, I, I sold Bryce Cartwright months ago, and he ended, he's ended up being one of the better second-rate forward stone, 63 points a game this year, and he killed it on the weekend. And then there's the pods, obviously, Billy, that were in there, like Michaeli Ravalawa, you know, 142 points. And everyone can say it's an anomaly, but he, he's done this a few times this year now, where he's gone over the 100-point mark. It was a, a round where we had 1,100-plus scores, and some of them were real heartbreakers, I think, to some um, to some head-to-head comps, because you also had guys like... Jackson Ford that are really heavily that are quite heavily owned for this time of year at over ten percent still threw up a ninety three and I reckon that quite a few coaches played him but they played him out of necessity because they had no one else and it's like done a little bit of a cheeky one on their opposition for their heads because it's gotten a lot of teams through. Yeah, that was a bit annoying. I played a couple of blokes uh, with him. Um, I had him on my bench for the first time all year, so that was a bit, a bit demoralised. <laughs> maybe not the first time all year, but you know. When you had uh, options and you need to pick between one or two, I ended up uh, select, selecting Kalamatangi over him. But that was a no-brainer, but no, Kalamatangi versus the Tigers, you, you'd think that he would have gone over the line, but we'll uh, come back next year. But um, I uh, am going to claim one thing, mate. I did say on the podcast, I believe, pre-season, that Cartwright would be the breakout player this year. He would be back. He would find some minutes in the rotation and start boosting it. I uh, can't claim to have uh, known that Lane was going to get out of the equation, but I'm going to take those points, mate. Well, you should have told me two months ago not to sell him. I'll tell you what. Oh, I told you in February. Well, <laughs> I, I, I had him. I had him on my side, but I sold him. Let, let's go in the market. Uh, I, 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 did, I did the same thing. Before I do, I should also mention our fantastic sponsor, Picklebet. You would have heard the ad at the start of the podcast. They do have same-game multis now. They've had them for a couple of months, but their same-game multis are just as good as anyone else. The big boys like sports bet and everything that everyone might be betting with at the moment. Go and check out Picklebet because you might find that their same-game multis or even just some of their normal betting is a lot better odds on some of their markets than what you're going to get with some of the other players in the in the betting industry. So picklebet.com, go and have a look. Make sure when you sign up that you do use our affiliate code for this podcast. It is all-stars, or one word, all-stars. When you do sign up, there'll be a spot for affiliate code. Just plug in all-stars there and make sure that you hit the button next to it so it uses the code, and then they'll know that you're one of our listeners and take great care of you. But i tell you what, Picklebet this week, fantastic offers. We don't have the all-stars one up yet, but I'm going to tell you right now, there is some great head-to-head matches at the moment. So when you're having a look at the NRL odds this week, you can throw in a 13-plusser for the Panthers, uh, the Sharkies to beat the Titans, and the Rabbitohs to win, the Roosters to win, and the Knights to win. That's five games. And you're going to get close to seven bucks on your money. And that's pretty damn good. So I'm all over that one. But they do have some great horse racing as well. 
and they do have some great e-gaming. So do jump on Picklebet and just take a look. If you like what you see, sign up all sizes your code and jump on them today. Always think, is this a bet that you really want to place? For free and confidential support, you can call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Traded out players in market watch. Charles Nickel Clockstar. Most traded out player. I think this one does make some sense, but we do need to talk about it a bit. I mean, for one, it's really burnt people that brought him in in the last couple of weeks because he's gone on to hit 15 points and ended up out on the 11-day concussion protocols. There's a chance, Billy, that he's out next week as well because uh, he has copped, I think, three concussions this year now, so he does have to go through the protocols and, and everything else. He's obviously not playing this week, uh, but I can see a world where, you know, it's it's fine to hold him. I think that there is going to be teams who end up with other guys that they can trade out this week, or maybe you don't even need to make trades this week and you can just wait for your matchup if you're a head-to-head player. So I don't think he's a must-trade out at all, uh, but I certainly wouldn't argue with anyone if they wanted to put him now in case he is out next week. Yeah, no one's going to have trades this time of year anyway, mate. So if you got if you got him like this, if you if you um, regardless of whether you do or whether you don't, the, the draw alone is enough to keep him. I mean, what is it? Uh, having a quick look: Tigers, Manly, Dragons, Dolphins. It's a no-brainer. You just hold him for the Manly game next week, assuming he get, gets through for that. Then you got a three-game run home. It's not really a rocket science move. Yeah, and the Manly game in round twenty-five and the Dragons game in round twenty-six uh, are going to be in New Zealand. And I mean, the benefit, even if he's out next week as well, the benefit of holding him if you can, or maybe you don't have the trades to get rid of him, is he should hopefully be back for the Dragons game. And that's going to be head-to-head finals week as well for grand finals. So that's a really, really good matchup over in New Zealand for, for the Warriors. So if you've got to trade him out, to get it. Uh, but I don't think he's a must-trade out at all. Holmes is an easy one. I think Moses is an easy one. But drink water. Fourth most traded out player. This is interesting, and it does bridge our way into a little bit of a strategy chat. We're not doing a proper strategy segment uh, for this podcast, but we will do a little one on Scotty Drinkwater, an example with him in Market Watch. So, Billy, one of the strategies at this time of year, you kind of need to throw out most players, most names out the window and just start afresh and just look at what's left because you now only have a three- to four-game window on all these players, and it just matters on how they perform for these weeks. So someone like Scott Drinkwater, for instance, has been one of the form players of the competition, obviously, averaging over 84 points per game. He's one of the top options in the whole of Supercoach. But in saying that, he has a bye this week. He then has the Sharks. He then has a good matchup against the Dolphins, and then he's got Penrith at Penrith. So you can argue and say, look, you know, two out of his next four matchups are unplayable, one of them because he's not going to play at all on the bye and one of them because it's it's against Penrith and you want to sit him because that could be really bad for his scoring. Uh, the other two, you know, the Dolphins is a prime matchup. But you could argue, you know, if the Sharks are back to form like we saw on the weekend and play like that, then that's a tough matchup too. So arguably he's only got one game left that you're really confident in playing him for. Certainly only one game left that you're actually going to consider a VC or C on him. Uh, and that's probably enough opportunity at his value at 950000 to say, you know what, Maybe I'll cut bait. Now, I, w- I wouldn't do these type of moves, Billy, with the top guys. Like, I've been pretty pretty adamant that guys like, if you've got Cleary, if you've got Hines, you, you just hold them. There's no real point in selling them. Uh, certainly those sort of guys, I do think, are pretty match-up proof. But your tier two guns and down, I think that those level of guns are guys that are expendable at this time of year. And I think every single year, it is the managers that are ruthless enough 
to trade out some of these guys, you know, to trade out a, a Joe Tarpany that's a keeper at front row forward, to trade out a, a Ruben Garrick that's meant to be a keeper at centre wing, to trade out a Joey Martin. These are the type of moves that you need to make at this time of year because what they've done so far doesn't matter. You've got to just look at what's coming up next and what they're going to do for the next month of football because that's all that's left. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, he's got a bye this week. Um, yeah, he's got two good games, but I wouldn't be too concerned about the you know, the Panthers one because he's he's scored eighty one and ninety five in his last two games against them. And if you go back and have a look at all the games this year, all these tons have come against the top teams, dude. Eels Sutton twenty twenty two. Oh, Eels the Storm, top team in the league for sure. I'm going past <laughs> you. Uh, but you know, uh, Storm Storm hundred and four, Eels hundred and seventeen. Uh, Knights have been playing well, hundred and five. The only other big uh, rabbits, 140. Um, I just mentioned the 95 versus the the Panthers. That was actually actually this year. So all these big scores are versus reasonably reasonably strong teams. I think you can look at it two ways, and and by no means like I use Drinkwater as an example. As a general example, I think as a strategy, yeah. you do have to look at letting go of some of these guns at this point, uh, and you're going to have to in head to heads. You're just going to have to to try and even up your matchups or try and chase, but. With the drink water specific example on Market Watch, I think you can go glass half full, glass half empty. Glass half empty, I could argue with you, Billy, that those big scores that he put on those type of teams were during the origin period. So, you know, the Storm round 14, 104. Um, Penrith round 16, I think that they rested all their origin players and he got his 95. Uh, South round 17, they had origin players, they had players out for that one, 140. So, all those big scores, you know, came in that origin period. The only one that really didn't was that Eels one where he scored 120. <laughs> How dare you punch hole, holes in my flawless logic? <laughs> well, I mean, glass half full, you could say, though, that if you're watching those games, it, you could argue that it doesn't matter who he was playing in that middle run. He was in such good form that yeah, it, good it wouldn't make any difference and he's still going to be in that form because the reality is the last two weeks he's gone badly and he still scored 58 and 67 and that's his floor. So... You know, you could argue that even in his you know, Penrith and Cronulla game, if he goes badly, he's still going to do 60-something, and that Dolphins one could be 130. So it's yeah. it's well worth holding him. I, I don't think there's an answer on this one. I think you could go either way. I own drink water, and I've considered both holding and also cashing in because there's $950,000 there to say, this guy that I thought was enough, I'm going to make into a gun and and still be able to get like a Latrell Mitchell or something at fullback, you know. Well, you get two, you can get Latrell Anderson of... SJ for him. So, yeah, plenty of ways to skin a cat. But personally, I'll be holding for the, um, what do you call it, the, uh, the Dolphins match in the GF anyway. But that's only because I've got no trades. Yeah, and, and it is a really good point. Like, the Dolphins game does fall in the, the grand final for head to heads. And Drinkwater is 8% ownership now, but he's in the top four most traded out players. He's going to be well under 5%. He's probably going to work his way back down to 3% by the time he plays next week. So yeah, that's, actually, that's a good point too. The um, I forgot about this last time we were talking, but uh, I know most head-to-heads are actually in that round twenty-six. I'm sure there are some in round twenty-seven, but it's around twenty-six, aren't they? So yep. unless you're in the top top ten, fifteen, and going for that fifty k, I think that last Panthers game is kind of irrelevant, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's going to be more for the overall players for sure. So if you're head-to-head, then you know yeah, it makes it even stronger to probably hold Scott Drinkwater. Uh, Dylan Edwards makes a lot of sense. I, th- I think he's been a little bit of a dud buy for people that brought him in. Uh, he hasn't really competed with the other top fullbacks. John Bateman uh, makes a bit of sense. Ruben Garrick's the next controversial one. And I, I even used him as an example of someone to get rid of. 
I, I would have gotten rid of him probably before, um, but he did have that good St. George game. But I mean, look, if you look at his last five weeks, he's played the Roosters twice, who have been better, um, played the Cowboys, mm. played the Sharks at points bet, which is a tough matchup for them. And he's played the Dragons, which is arguably his one good game in the last five. And even if he went before that, they had the Melbourne game and the, the Parramatta game. So from round 16, he hasn't had a great run of footy. Um, so I would have been more of a proponent of selling him before. I'm not sure how I feel about selling him now, Billy, and you're an owner, so maybe you can help me out. But round 24 this week, he has Penrith. And this is a game that I would sit Ruben Garrick for. I, I think he's a prime sit candidate with everyone's centre ring rotations that you can have. But the last three games, Billy, and this is what we this is what's going to be key for him. You know, he's coming in averaging over 70 points a game, and his last three weeks are New Zealand, tough one. Then he hits the Bulldogs and the Tigers, though. And the Bulldogs game is going to be grand final week for head-to-head, and he finishes on the Tigers. Those last two weeks, Ruben Garrett could easily score 170, 180 points between those two games. So to me, this week isn't the best week to hold him, but I guess some people are looking at ways to win their head-to-heads as well, and they don't want to play him this week, so maybe you trade him out. Yeah, I'm not playing him this week at all. If you go and look at last week, he looked horrible too. Like he's, he's got that knee, knee or the calf or something strapped up significantly. He doesn't even look like he's, he's free-flowing at the moment. So even healthy, I wouldn't want to play him this week versus uh, Penny's mate. But I don't like playing him at all at the moment. I'm just going to hold him for the uh, that sort of semi-final, grand-final weekend. Yeah, it, like it does need to be said that Manly aren't looking phenomenal at the moment. Uh, and that's that's going to play a bit of a part in it too. So, I mean, when you have a look at the ladder as well, they're in 11th. They've still got a chance. But if they lose this week to Penrith, which you assume that they will, that's probably going to be their season over. And if they keep the form on that they've, that they've had, maybe the last two weeks aren't really as good as what we're hoping for if we're going to be holding him. So it's, it is a tough one with Garrick because, I think again, you know, we keep doing the cop out of, if you've got other guys to trade, it might be better to trade them, just sit him this week and then play Garrick for the last few weeks. But, yeah, there's a lot of teams that will need to sell him, and I think that's fine. Uh, I think Clint Gutherson's a little bit more uh, controversial in that he he's shown such good form. And even the Dragons game, like, the, your, your boys were terrible on the weekend, Billy, and they only won by six against the Dragons. He still scored 82 points. And, like, against Melbourne in Melbourne the week before, he was super disappointing for a lot of owners, but he scored 55. Uh, and then he had his 115 points he threw on the Cowboys. He's still been scoring a lot of tons. You know, before the last two weeks, he had four out of his last, uh, last five games before that that were tons. And there was big tons in there, 138, 132. He's got the Broncos this week. Uh, he put 86 on them in round eight. It's not a great matchup for them at the Gabba. It's not great how they've been playing, but your Eels do have a decent record against the uh, the Bronx. So, I mean, how, how do you see him going this week? Because to me, I, I sort of look at it and go, oh, 16% ownership, a lot of people selling him. Maybe I want to hold him because he, he's one of those weeks where, you know, Latrell's still risky. Pong is in a lot of 5.8s. Teddy hasn't been firing hugely. It's not like there's these fullbacks that are really screaming to be picked at the moment. Well, I wouldn't be buying him, put it that way, but I wouldn't be benching him either. He... Uh... He tries versus the top, the top of teams. Um, that storm game though was a bit demoralising. I'm pretty sure it was that game when he was he was only on 30 points with sort of three or four minutes to go. I'm pretty sure he went over in the so He had a line break assist and a try assist in the last few minutes just to sort of bump him up a little bit. So 
Um, I think him and Moses were kind of scary that scary that game, but they managed to put a few points on late. I think they'll do a bit more this week, but um, probably depends on, on on how good how healthy our Walsh is. Points on points on 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 the Eels and get some momentum with the Broncos. I think that kind of hurts us a bit, but if uh, Broncos are on the back foot to start a bit, we get a bit more momentum. I think we um, I think you might see sort of Guff and Moses do something for a change. Yeah, I, I can see this one going either way on the the hold and sell part of uh, um, Gutherson, but the Hammer and, and Khan Pereira, you just get rid of those guys. The trade-ins, though. Brian Toto, the most traded-in player at the moment by a fairly long way. He's really? now $746,000. I am absolutely kicking myself, Billy, that I did not get on him a, a little bit earlier. He's now averaging 70 points for the season. Three-round average of almost 99, a five-round average of over 83. And he's done that by going 108, 84, and 104 in his last three games. And Bulldog Sharks Melbourne, that's not a a really easy three-week period to average a ton, and he's managed to do that. So he's got Manly this week, and then he's got the Titans, the Eels, and the North Queensland Cowboys. Not a bad run home for Penrith, and their last two rounds against the Eels and the Cowboys are actually at Penrith as well. I really like the Penrith boys to smash up Manly this week. I think they're going to put on a score, and I think that they'll do it again versus the Titans the next week as well. So I'm all aboard the Brian Toto train. I just can't afford him at 746000 but I do think that he's a really good buy. I'm just going to ask the question. Um, the last two weeks when he scored well, I'm assuming he's still playing right wing and Targo has been out. So has Crichton gone to left and Sorensen all of a sudden there or did Crichton actually learn to pass? No, I think that the biggest thing for him is um, since Nathan Cleary's come back, I think it's really helped. And I think that's a major factor. You know, since Cleary's well, been come back, well, he's Lua, been getting a lot of try scoring opportunities. And I think Penrith will well, be going better too. Well, Lou, I certainly can't go right. So. They, they do have Crichton next to him. It's He scored a double last week. Uh, the oh, last nice. time he didn't score a try, sorry, was around 12. Uh, so he's he's been on a try-scoring spree. And along with that, his um, base-base attack has been up a little bit the last few weeks as well. So I just think that he's rounded into form and Cleary being back and the Panthers getting more scoring in um, has helped him. I never liked him when he first went to the right side because uh, you, you just think a lot of those kick returns kind of clear up a little bit because players generally play um, one way. That, that kind of back, he just seemed to come out come out of that pocket really well. And obviously with the, the Panthers, they obviously sort of go left pretty well. So when he went to mm-hmm. that right side, I kind of figured he was going to struggle for a bit. And he didn't have as, have as many sort of carries early on when he first started moving over there. But a lot of that seems to have sort of come back to the 209. Yeah, it's really the, the, the base base attack the last three weeks has been back to the crazy 2021 stats. So last week he had 70 points in base base attack. The week before he had 67 and the week before he had 70. So he's, he's basically averaged about 68, 69 points over the last three weeks in base base attack. That's just amazing. And that's back to 2021. Whereas if you have a look at the, the rest of the season before that, uh, he was at least sort of 15 points down, if not more on that per game. So that's picked right up as well. And I think that that's come through after Origin. So I, I like him as a buy. Um, I think he's a really good one to finish off. It's just a lot of money at 750000 to be investing. Latrell Mitchell's down to 720000 Billy. And he's the second most um, most trades at the moment when we're having a look at the market. 
he's playing the Dragons this week. Now, Latrell, I think, has been a little bit disappointing since he's come back. He still scored 74 and 71 points, but he hasn't really busted out. He looks like that he's going to keep scoring solidly, but I'm not sure whether he's going to break out. Do you see him breaking through and putting up a ton against the Dragons finally this week? Oh, I can put up a ton against anyone, but um, if I wanted to pick someone securely, I'd probably be going to I mean, if he's going to score base, like you said, and I need Latrell to kick, what, two or three goals and have a couple of try assists, I'd, I'd rather go with Brian, especially since the Rabbits are going to buy coming up too. Um, I'm not sure which round it was, but I'm pretty sure it was either 25 or 26, wasn't it? Yeah, so here's the thing. You're exactly right. Bang on the money, Billy. Buyers need to beware if they're head-to-head players and they don't have any trades because round 26 is the buy, Billy's bang on with that, and that's grand final week. So I think that if you've got trades, Billy, it's all right, and you could even look to trade him out in round 26. But if you don't have trades, and especially if you already own, like, say, Cam Murray and Damien Cook and and this these type of guys, round 26 will kill you if you have Latrell Mitchell because, you know, it might get you to a grand final, but then you're going to lose anyway and you could pick someone else instead to run with. So... It, that's a reason to maybe hang off. Yeah, I agree with that, mate. So another uh, non-committal one from me and Billy. He's a, he's a good buy, but also a bad buy. You've got to <laughs> make your decision on that one. I do think that he'll go well this week. He'll probably be 70-plus again. Whether it'll be you know a big 120, I'm not sure. If you got trades to burn, get him in. I, I think that's an ideal scenario. Trades to burn, get him in, especially for head-to-head guys. Jermaine Asako. Is it chasing last week's points a little bit? I know that you're more of a fan of Asako this year than me. He went 124 points last week, Billy. But before that, 49, 35, 56, 50. You know, he had a real poor month there where he couldn't even average 50 points and then threw out 124. And now he's got the Roosters away. Uh, then he does have the Tigers, but then he finishes off with the Cowboys and the Warriors, which isn't the easiest round 26 to 27 draw. So really, you know, that Tigers game is great. But those other three games, you could see him going, you know, that 50 to 60 range. You know, do, you, do you think that's worth a trade? I don't think I'd be buying him right now. Um, he's one of those guys that sort of scores pretty well, even even when he doesn't. Like, th- those games where he scored, what, those are without tries and with, um, with, with, with a couple of goals. So he looks absolutely horrendous, you know, being on sort of 13, 14 points at half time, But... Prior to updates, he's always going to get over that sort of 50 line. Uh, would I pay that sort of money for him right now? Probably not, not with that draw. I'd focus on those other guys you've already mentioned, mentioned earlier, but I wouldn't be selling him. And if I own him, I'd be playing him, particularly this week. Yeah, no, I don't like him as a buy this week, particularly. Yeah, if you own him already, I wouldn't be selling him, but I, would, I wouldn't be buying him. I don't think he's a buy. There's plenty of blokes in, in that sort of I wouldn't buy mold that would play like you look at. Uh, balance, um, Karaz is killing it in base, uh, Ozarko. But those are players that you wouldn't buy at the moment, but 100% you'd be playing them. Kalen Ponga, I would 100% buy, but he's over a million bucks now. But he's yeah. playing the Bulldogs this week, and he's rightly the fourth most trading player. And I think that, it, that the market has got that right. Um, he's the fourth most trades have been for Kalen Ponga to come into teams, and he should be. He is just killing it at the moment, 85 on the season. But if you take out his, his non-80-minute games, you know, he's actually done a lot better than that, especially when you consider he's got a one-point game in that average. He's actually the best player in Supercoach, if you factor that in, which is pretty insane to consider. But 121 last week, 122 the week before, 96 the week before that, 137, 180. 
that's a massive five-round average of 131. That is ridiculous yep. consistency that you pay over a million dollars for. And then you have a look at the draw. And he's got the Bulldogs this week. The Bulldogs, he put 180 points against Billy just in round 18. And this is the sort of thing where you go, look, you look at this round and go, I just, even if it's just for this round and he flops a little bit versus South and Cronulla, I just want Kalen for this Bulldogs game. And I think that people doing that have 100% got it right. You need him this week because he has that potential to throw 180 on the dogs again. I think you have to because if you don't and he scores that and you lose your head-to-head, your season's over. There's no point in saving your drink water. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, drink water to Ponga, uh, I think, is a really quite a good trade because I just probably, think that probably you can't afford do. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I don't think you can afford to leave Kalen Ponga there, especially as the last game, like I said, where he's a captaincy option if your VC doesn't work out. And, you know, he's not going to not go 90-plus. You know, he's he's done that once since he's come back sort of round 15 and played, you know, in the number one jersey. So all over Caelan Ponga as a buy. Um, the other good thing with him too, if you're bringing him in this week for a drink water, is that you could then sell someone like Cody Walker the following two weeks at some point and move Caelan Ponga and buy a different fullback. He's got that dual flexibility too, which I like. Tino, people are bringing him in, Billy. I'm not sure how to feel about it. Tino has been the breakout front row forward. He's been the best guy to have. He's now back from his three-week suspension. He has an average of 75.3 points per game as a front rower. I just think at this point of the year, it's a bit of a, a wasted purchase a little bit because, one, he's a front rower. And I think the teams will already have, you know, the Haas, the, the Tarpany, so forth. So, you know, burning a trade that maybe is your last trade or one of your last two or three trades, maybe is it worth it just to get Tino in for a month? And then you have a look at that month of football and it's... The Sharks at points bet, that's that's not an easy one for them. Penrith, that's not an easy one. Melbourne, away, that's not an easy one. And then they do have the Bulldogs the last round, which is a great one. But the next few weeks, you know, it could be a bit substandard for Tino, playing over $800,000 with few trades left. I just don't really see that as a trade that you need to make unless you've got heaps to burn. Yeah, it's not. But there's probably a fair few people that have either heaps to burn or enough that they um, can... Ken burn an extra couple this week. Um, obviously, Haas is going to be out to be out next week. So possibly, possibly it's a play for this week and cover and coverage for next week type purchase. Maybe it's just a pod people are looking for. Um, I wouldn't be getting him this week if he didn't need to. Maybe give him a week a week of fitness. But yeah, if you're really weak in that in that front row forward, though, I can see why people are getting him. But I'm just focusing on those big spine players. Sean Johnson and Nathan Cleary. Six and seven. Both of them had tons last week. Um, John Johnson, 149, and Nathan Cleary, 103. Both good purchases in a vacuum. Uh, I think we just have to point out that to have both of those players, you, you don't have Nico. Nico's playing the Titans this week. I just, even though Johnson's got the Tigers, it is a way. It's not in New Zealand. I just sort of think yep. that it's way too sideways. And I actually think it's a downgrade. Look, I think last week where Hines scored 100, and Sean Johnson scored 149. I think this week's going to be a reverse. You know, you'll probably get 100 from Sean Johnson and 140-something from Nico. So doing that trade, I think that you're going to end up real worse off over that two-week period. If you're doing it, you know, for a Cleary, uh, Sean Johnson out for a Cleary, or a, I'm sorry, a um, Nico Hines out for a Cleary, again, it's just, I couldn't do it. Like, I expect Cleary to go well this week, but I think that Hines is 
probably my favourite to top score for the round aside from Callum Ponga. So I'm just about to say, I'm actually really enjoying the fact that you got multiple key positions that aren't kind of jewels. Absolutely, uh, absolutely crushing it. So it's forcing you to sort of choose what your combo is going to be. Like, you know, there's obviously uh, SJ, Kiri and Hines to choose from. All three of them are absolute guns. But with the draw at the moment, the way SJ is going, the old sort of hines Cleary combo is theory's gone right out the window. Yeah, it has made it really interesting. Um, certainly some trades are Mitchell Moses out for Cleary or Johnson. I have to ask them, you know, is some yeah. of these people wanting to go to Hines as well? Because yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm, my last trade going on Moses to write SJ. I just can't with that draw. Yeah, and look, that's a, that's a good trade. You know, Sean Johnson should be able to back up with another ton this week versus the Tigers, so it makes yeah, sense. you think so. DWZ. I actually quite like this one. So playing against the West Tigers this week, 665000 Has stayed pretty steady on his price. Scored 67 last week with a try. Uh, I think this is a week that he, he could end up with a double again. Uh, and, you know, we've seen him go 90-plus in a few games where he's got his doubles. So uh, I quite like him as a bit of a hand grenade center wing, especially because he's only an 8% of team, Billy. It's a good matchup for him, and it's a good pot as well. Yeah, I'm really enjoying those new markets on, you know, uh, not being just the first try scorer, but one of the, one of the first few. Um, he's certainly a good candidate for that. Him, him off SJ's hip, it's just... It just seems like a match made in heaven, doesn't it? The, the amount of confidence that you would have going into that game, um, it, it's almost synonymous with the uh, the old Walker and um, and AJ combo right now. Yeah, it certainly is. They've built it up quite nicely this year. Uh, Joey Manu, I don't know how to feel about this one, Billy. I, I sold Joey a month or so ago. Um, he's still gone pretty well. People are bringing him in at 666000 He's still yeah. in 20% of teams, so he's reasonably owned. He's coming off 97, which was pretty impressive on the weekend, but before that he went 18. Uh, obviously, that was a terrible game against the Broncos. He's been more consistent at centre than what we've seen from him before in this run of the last month, yeah. aside from that low game. Now, Dolphins this week, it's a, it's a good matchup for him. Parramatta, not so much. Tigers in round 26 is really good. I'm just not sure um, with Joey Manu. So how do you feel about trading him in for this week for the Dolphins? Wouldn't trade him in for, for that. Uh, see previous topics. one players only, but... Um... He's uh he, he's certainly not one that you would, you would not one player that you would be benching right about now. He's um he's come good. He has he has been a bit hit and miss this season, but the the work the work rate seems to be there. He seems to be coming looking for it. I think there was at one point uh, I was watching the game last week. He was almost on the left wing taking a hit up, and you hear the commentators saying, "Oh God, Joey's off back off the right hand side. He's just come over for a bit of work." I mean, that's a long way to go just for just just to cricket up and to get in the action. So he's, he's certainly looking for it. And um, it, my only concern is further Teddy owners as well. I'm not sure whether both him and Manu can fire in the same game. I think it's one or the other. Yeah, he definitely fired with the 97 on the on the weekend. Um, I'm just uh, I'm sort of looking at it at 20 percent ownership. You might want to look at some of the other more pottish options if you're a head-to-head yeah. player in particular because that's going to help you more than maybe getting Manu in. Manu's probably pretty capped in that sort of 65 to 90 range if he has a good game, uh, and that's if he has a good one. We saw what it looked like when he has a bad one, uh, including round 14 to 15, where he's got 41 and 51. Uh, there's guys that are pretty pottish in the centre wing at the moment for 150k less that could beat Manu this week. So you might want to consider who you're up against, whether they have Manu and whether if it's a head-to-head matchup, you, you're better off going elsewhere. Let's look at the last one, David Fafida. 
I think that you have to get him in. He's now at 754000 He's not going to drop anymore. And I got him back in a couple of weeks ago, Billy, and I wasn't disappointed. And he threw up another 90-pluser on the weekend. Um, so 94 and 88 the last two weeks. I'm happy. But I always thought that he was a must-have for the run home. And despite the fact they've got a tough draw, you know, he's still a must-have. The last two weeks have been tough. North Queensland Cowboys and New Zealand Warriors have been firing pretty well lately. And he still put up an average of 92 across those two weeks. So I'm all aboard getting him in. I think that he's a must for this last month of footy. Yeah, mate, he's absolutely crushing at the moment. Um, just, just such a different different player than what he was last year. Um, I, I think he'll go even better this week. But having having his big bash brother, big bash brother there this week, um, they, they go, they go, they go in tandem, mate. So if you, if you can get big go forward in in the middle, it's obviously going to going to going to help your edge. Um, they 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 need, need need to win a couple of games to finish off the season. So. Um, I don't think having uh, Brimson out is going to make too much of a different difference to him. If, if anything, he probably needs to pick up more to make up for the difference. So, yeah, I, th- I think he's fine, mate. I, you know, I really enjoy sort of turning on turning on the TV or turning on the score and seeing him on sort of fifty after sort of fifteen minutes these days. So, it certainly is a is a pleasant turnaround from last year. Yep, definitely is. Getting him on in, I reckon that's the right call. Let's go straight into the games. Manly versus yep. Penrith. Uh, look, I would not play any Manly player. So when we're looking at sitting, I would sit every single Manly player and I'd be playing every Penrith player. Are you basically in the same boat as me? Not even Schuster. Apparently he's crushing. He's kidding me. <laughs> right, on pickle there, string. Manly, you're paying nine bucks. So if you think the Manly got it in them, $9 there, that is that is the biggest odds I think I've seen all year. I think the Wallabies were 11.50 versus the uh, <laughs> Yeah, the Wallabies probably were. <laughs> look, this does look like a, a pretty key game to BC and Nathan Cleary. Um, obviously, the Sharks are playing next, though. And if you've got the, the Hines and Cleary combo, you've got to make a decision. If you've got the Hines, SJ or Cleary, SJ combo, you've got a decision because SJ's playing the Tigers. So between the three halfbacks, Billy, how are you seeing it? Because for me... I've got Cleary and Hines, and I'm going to VC Hines in this one based on him playing at points better at Cronulla, based on the form that we saw last week and the amount of points that the Titans can give up. This Panthers one is at four pines, which might help Manly a little bit, but which way are you edging between these two VC options? Oh, if I had to choose between those two, I'd, oh, mate, I'd, I'd probably still go Cleary. I think he's just got a bigger, a bigger VC scoring. If you had to add the add the SJ factor in there, hundred percent, I'd be with SJ. If you were if you were the the choice out of three, I just can't give up someone playing the Tigers, especially in form like him. Interesting, interesting. Well, I think the thing with Cleary and also with Hines is that they play the first two games, so it does give you a few better um, VC yep. options. Um, whereas you're going to have the Tigers Warriors game played on the Saturday at five thirty, so you've got a few games before that one. So uh, that's probably a factor for me. I'm I'm leaning Hines. Uh, I think Cleary's a really good one as well, though. Um, so I mean, Hines. If you're having a look past, you know, when he was struggling, um, he's got some big scores in him as well. He's obviously got that 180 points this year himself, which he scored against the Dragons. He hasn't actually had a Titans game this year, but if you're looking at what he's done to them before, uh, I guess you can take some solace in the fact that his top score is 96. So he hasn't had a massive one versus the Titans yet. But, yeah, 156 and 180 against St. George. 
can the Titans be as bad traveling to Cronulla? They yeah, they might be. I think it's a good it's a good pod option almost between the halfbacks because I think that most people are going to choose Nathan Cleary as a VC. Um, what I probably would say though, Billy, and it's a good question to ask you: uh, Do you think mm. that how good the matchups are? If you end up with an AE nightmare in your side, like say someone's still got a Sunny Luke or, or something like that. Do you just throw the C straight on a Cleary or straight on a Hines and, and just go for it? Oh, I, I wouldn't think so. You, you, you would still you would still choose um, Ponga every day of the week. Yeah. So for those that don't own Ponga, I reckon that you can you know throw the C on. But if you own Ponga, then yeah, I I tend to agree. Uh, other thing with this Sharks game in the second one, a lot of people are selling Ronnie Militalo. Uh, I, I would actually be playing all my Sharks. I'm playing Militalo and Katoa in this one because I do expect it to be a high-scoring game. And Britton Nickerer as well is sort of the forgotten man. He hasn't had a great few weeks and a few people have been selling nah. him. This is his time to shine again, like playing against that Titans edge. Like I I think the Sharks, especially what they showed last week, you know, Nickerer's primed for a, uh, a try at Cronulla versus the Titans this week, I reckon, and their wingers as well are probably decent chances. So... Are you in the same boat? Like, are you seeing this as a bit of a shootout where you'd be playing your your Titans and your Sharks? Yeah, I, I didn't want to play Nakora this week, but I think we might have to. Like, he's he he's when when he gets that short ball from from um, from um, Hines, he he does look dangerous, but he doesn't always get it. And I end up twenty minutes to go, be on to the thirty-five, and then you see him hit up offload, 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 and you think, uh, maybe you might quick the tricky, but that, that long rate try just doesn't doesn't seem to come. Um, I don't think it's because he's not dangerous. I just think between blokes like him and um, Colin Matangi, they just don't have a high enough work rate to justify when they get that long rate try because otherwise there's no guarantee they're going to get the line break. It might just be the, the try or, or, or just the line break alone, and then all of a sudden they, they go from, 40 to sort of 55 points. So I don't see them getting big, big feeder type points. Yeah, fair enough. It's probably how you determine your opinion of the Gold Coast Titans this week. Like if yeah. you if you think they're not a very good side, then you want to play someone like Nicaragua because he's look at the tries that he scored. Okay, he scored 92, 81, and 98 points versus the Eels, the Raiders, and the Dragons. Then you look at his next one, 84 against the Roosters, who are travelling pretty bad. 74 versus Dogs, 97 versus Dragons, 88 versus Tigers, 99 versus Warriors. You know, when he scores tries, it's generally against poor edges, most of those. And he ends up with an 80 to 90 plus score. If you think he's going to you know, have some poor opposition against the Titans this week, he'll be able to go over. He's going to score you know, pretty well, 80 to 90 plus, really. Yeah, yeah, agree one. Broncos versus Eels. Here we go. Now you're talking. Are we at a point, Billy, where you go, the yep. Eels haven't been looking good? I and believe. The Broncos are really, really good. <laughs> and they're playing at the Gabba. Do we just bench some Eels players in this one? How do you How do you uh, feel about your Eels this week? Because I'm looking at it pretty uh, worried. Because last oh, week... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we struggled this week. I, 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 I'd be playing Hopgood. I'd be playing Maddo. I'd be playing Guffo, but no one else. So no one else. Oh, wait. Oh, if, if um, Cardi Party is, is starting on the edge and gets his big minutes with his current form, I'd be keeping him too. But there's, there's really no other Eels you ever really be interested in. Is there, is there a VC or C option in this one? Uh, particularly because no. you have to, I think no. you have to VC one of the halves, no. right? So we should just be talking about Cs now. But uh, you don't think a Reese Walsh could carve up your Eels? 
Oh, I'm sorry. I was uh, talking about the Eels only, but um, no, well, well, she can't go high enough to VC, mate. So we've got the Dragons and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Latrell is an obvious one that people are looking at, particularly the VC on someone like Cleary and the C on someone like Mitchell in this one. Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure. I just, I, again, I keep seeing these solid games from Latrell, and I'm not sure whether you're going to get more than a 70-something, 80-something out of him. That's probably not enough with all the other options in this round. I, I think that you're better off just seeing a Cleary straight up than, than going for Latrell potentially. But how do you feel about Latrell? It is against the Dragons. Um, they are actually playing Cairns, though, so it is an away game for both teams. I think um, if, if that's really going to be played in Cairns, though, I think the, the heat factor would be good for him. Like just going out on, 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 the, on the dry track and just sort of carving up, at least it rules out sort of rain and demoralising cold weather. Yeah, it's, it's true. Hopefully it's not too hot for him, but, you know, it's uh, look, Latrell can go big. He's got to be an option for it, um, but yep. hasn't played him this year. Alex Johnston did play him this year. Round 15, Alex Johnston's got 28 points and 80 minutes versus the Dragons. Oh, you would wow. hope that it's going to be a lot better than that. Look, I'm all over playing him. He's scored one try, three tries, and one try in his last three weeks for scores of 82, 122, and 66. He's been well back on form, Billy. And you'd expect versus the Dragons, he's at least getting one. I reckon he should be good for a double and pretty close to a 90-plus if he gets there. So I'm all aboard playing him uh, at 644,000. I think you could buy him with this matchup, especially if you needed to win. Uh, but how are you seeing it? Because obviously we've got that round 15 game where he threw up a 28 and he's just got these terrible scores after that for a month, barely getting to 30s. Yeah, I... <laughs> I was looking at um, AJ before. I wouldn't. I don't want to buy him because obviously because of the buy because they're just too, too many tougher guys to get. But if there's going to be one week where he can score three or four tries, this is the week that sort of scares me. Um, I was just talking to a mate this afternoon around sort of. He said, "Oh, I'm not back in uh, SJ. Sorry, sorry, AJ. Anytime he's, he's paying too low, but." The amount of tries that he's going to likely score this weekend, you could quite conceivably pick him for you know first try score or the top three or to do a double or a treble and just just land one one of those bets, and and you sort of get your money back. So um, yeah, I'm scared not owning him this week. Um, I'm probably going to have a head to head final against the, the one person that does does own him and score a treble. But um, yeah, I think him and Tedesco kind of scare me as not owning this week. Yeah, I, I would be scared not only AJ. I'm really happy to be playing him. I'll tell you a bit of a sneaky one, though. Campbell Graham's down to 585,000. And that round 15 game against the Dragons, he scored 98 points with one yeah. try. He has been poor the last three weeks. He's only got a three-round average of 49. His five rounds only 61. He's actually mm. gone pretty bad this second half of the season. But you just tend to think that these last few games he's going to get back up. Uh, obviously, he started the first third of the season on fire. So I, I think he can replicate that 98 points. He could be the smoky value purchase at 585000 for your center wing against the Dragons this week. And the Dragons do have Lomax out as well, So and the, along with a couple of other guys. So they are a bit short-handed. Uh, they've got everyone out. The, the staunchest of the Dragons supporters this week were absolutely tipping, tipping mayhem. Well, if you wanted a real hand grenade as well in your secondary forward, Colin Matungi's also been going poor. Um, 528,000. He's one of the cheap secondary forward options that you can get in for your head-to-head. 
he's due a, he's due a big game because he has not been playing well either. Him and Campbell Graham have had very similar seasons. The first half they've killed it, and the second half they've been very quiet. This looks like a game where they could be really good buyers for value. The Tigers and the Warriors, Billy. Uh, look, we're not even going to talk about the Tigers. They've been, you know, aiming up a little bit, but I don't think that you want to play anyone, um, especially against the travelling Warriors. But this Would Warriors... You play Buller? What about Buller? 29 last week. This doesn't look the same yeah. to me. The Warriors' defence is still there. Yeah, well... But, I mean, I think the big question is, obviously you've got SJ as a captaincy option. We've spoken about him, but yeah. you're going to play the guns like Fanua Blake and Matheny Zalesniak if you own them. But I think the question is these fringe guys, like Jackson Ford scored 93 last week. Tohu had a big game as well. Tohu got owners yeah. across the line with a 90-odd score. Do, do you yeah, play these play guys this guys. week? Yeah. Yes, yes, I would. Look, if you're absolutely stacked and you've got massive, massive sort of um, depth and you don't need to play a guy like Ford because you could play, you know, one of your... 17 halves at your own, um, I'd go that route. Uh, just be aware that, you know, he, he went pretty well last week. So if there's someone like, you know, you know Moses in your team and, and it comes up between playing playing a Moses type and um, and Ford, but if your halves um, have sort of high floors, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be going then. But yeah, he's only one short ball away from 85, 90, mate. Well, the next one's my Roosters and... Dolphins. Uh, he's being played in Sydney, which I think is an important difference. Um, the Dolphins went really well against Newcastle last week, though. Like, Newcastle have been in red-hot form, and the, the Dolphins really yeah. pushed them right to the end, which I was pretty yep. surprised about. Well, Pong was on 32 prior to halftime, wasn't he? Yeah, he wasn't on March, I can tell you that, because I was looking a lot. <laughs> That's my <laughs> The Roosters have, are still playing for their season. They can still mathematically make it if they win every game. It is in Sydney, so, you know, Taken off my wrist this cap, I still think that they're a pretty good play this week. Teddy scored 71 on the weekend. A bit underwhelming, but pretty solid. Um, he's a couple of weeks removed from his 134 against the Titans. This does look like a home game where yep. he could put some points on the Dolphins. I'm really happy to still own him. Do you think that he's still a hand grenade buy? You know, just around the roughly 10% ownership, he is actually a pod. He got plenty of trades. He's, he's certainly a, a, um, a big danger, a big danger to speak. Um, they need to win. But mate, if Teddy's ever going to step up and be counted for, um, this is a week for him to show, show what he can do. Yeah, he only scored 51 against him that first game, so I tend to think that he's got a bit of a revenge game in him for this well, second early match. in the season, but, mate, he's, surely yeah. he's got a bit more. If, he, if he's not fit by now and we're ready to go, mate, he's, he's still first-grade material, but... <laughs> you surely, got surely, really surely he's got a Yeah, I was, but I pulled my head out of my ass and like, he's, <laughs> he's a New South Wales captain, mate. Surely he's ready to go. Well, I, I like the Roosters draw uh, until the last week where they have to play South. But the Dolphins this week, but then Parramatta, and then you've got the Tigers in the head-to-head fine, grand final week. Uh, it's it's nice, but you should probably have a look at, like we said with Joey Martin and maybe some of the other guys. And you know, I've, got to, I've got to mention, I really liked Daniel Tupo last week. I really wanted to buy him. His last four weeks, he's gone 88, 66, 33, and 122. Uh, he's, he's had a really good month return to football after that round 19 off. And playing the Dolphins, and he loves playing the Tigers. I tell you what, he he loves playing the Tigers, and that's in that grand final week. He's five hundred eighty-eight thousand, so you could take a punt on him getting a try or two versus the Dolphins. Also, has to be said that those who purchased Suwali uh, for a bit of value when he was sort of you know three hundred seventy k odd, uh, he's now got the goal kicking, and he's scored eighty plus in two of his last four games. He's gone eighty-four, thirty-two, eighty-five, and forty-eight. If he scores a try, Billy, 
he's suddenly looking like a 70 or 80 plus option just because of that goal kicking on top, provided the Roosters are going well. And he's only 532,000. So, I mean, those guys are, you know, 150 almost cheaper for Suelee than what a Joey Manu is. And yeah. they're pod guys that you could have a look at for your head to heads if you need to chase, maybe. I knew you'd come out with a Joey Manu card sooner or later. It comes out every year. But Daniel Tubo, you mean Daniel Tubo? Oh, yeah, yeah, Tubo, sorry. <laughs> Well, I mean, would you go for one of these wingers against the Dolphins and bank on them to get across the line and, and get some points over some of these more expensive ones, like a Manu and some of these other, you know, centre wings? Oh. Even DWZ is like a, you know, 100K more than what a Tupo is, 130K. Yeah, look, wait, they can is. do it. Yeah, the only thing is, every time I've done this in the past with the Chooks, I think the last three years, I've started with someone like B Moz or Suwali or whoever you're right <laughs> Your your um your right edges knowing that, that they're going to score two tries a game and coach always benches them after two games and moves them from right wing to right center or moves someone from left center to right wing. I think you've had like four different right, right wingers in the space of six games in the last couple of years. So I just I think I, you'd like to think that the teams are pretty settled right now, but I'm just once bitten sort of twice shy with trying to pick your edges, mate, when they when they're going to fall over for a double. No, that's that's fair enough, mate. Fair enough indeed. Well, there is a lot of other captaincy options this week too, so I, I'm not even going to look at Teddy, even though I think it's a good matchup. There's too many other ones to look at. But the Raiders have to travel to the Storm. And I've got to say, the Raiders are starting to look pretty shaky. So is this a game that the Storm can fire in and, and put the Raiders to the sword? It is in Melbourne, which I think is going to help. And I have to say, with someone like Drinkwater, if you've already got someone like Ponga, um, you can throw Drinkwater out to a Cameron Munster if you don't have him yet. I think that's a really good trade. They do have the Raiders this week. Then they've got the Dragons and the Gold Coast Titans and finish with the Broncos. So, you know, two out of the next three matchups in particular, leading including that grand final week for head-to-head. Massive for Melbourne. They haven't played the, the Raiders yet this year. Cameron Munster, is a, it looks like a big matchup this week for him. He's coming off a, a really poor 46 points. Uh, Harry Grant as well on the weekend, Billy, was pretty poor. It just feels like that these are guys... Obviously, you're going to play the Storm players. I would play all my Storm guys. But it just feels like a really big game for them at Melbourne versus struggling Raiders sides. So how do you then feel about the Raiders? Because I'm looking at Tarpany and Horsburgh going, oh, this could be tough for them if they start to get flogged a little bit. I don't think they'll get flogged. Um, but I think the mere fact that it's not going to be an easy matchup, I think it's just better for a bloke like Tarpany because... When they when they have their sets, mate, he's going to be up the middle, up the middle, up up the middle. As soon as Raiders have a have have a breakaway, like he they he loses two points in a hit up, mate. So he and you know what Sticky's like. He's only going to be on the field for what twenty five minutes or, or twenty minutes, and then another then another sort of twenty five in the um back second half. So you want him to have that big work rate early. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I'm a little concerned. Uh, I'm really. The Raiders really need to be in the game after half time. Um, otherwise, I'd be a little bit worried about the minutes and things and someone like Horse actually getting back on after his breather and things like that. But uh, I, I really like the Storm players. Uh, I'm actually going to look at buying Munster this week for drink water potentially. Moving right along, the Knights versus the Bulldogs in the final game. And geez, what a matchup for Caelan Ponga. But it needs to be said, you know, this is also a game. And we, I, I can't believe, Billy, last week how many people I spoke to about Greg Marju, where they were like, I'm looking at these centre wings or I want to train out a centre wing, who should I get? And, and they weren't even saying Greg Marju was an option. And I was like, oh, look, 
I feel like that I'm the only one that thinks he's the best centre wing in the game. He only scored 53 last week, which was really poor. And that's actually his what, third worst, fourth worst score of the season. He's averaging 77 for the year, coming up against a dog side that he threw 92 points on in round 18. He, he looks like an absolute belter of a buyer this week as well. I would get him over a Brian Toto. And likewise, if you want one of those cheap ones, Billy, the opposite winger, 592000 for Dom Young. The only issue is 55, 56, and 62. Two of those three scores have got a try in them, and he doesn't get yeah. really big. But that's the, yeah, that's the different difference, mate. You, you get a bloke like Marju, and he runs like Toto, like they'll score 60 points without a try. Um, yeah. Philip Sammy, to a lesser extent. Um, Carraz is an absolute beast in the same sort of mould, but yeah, so sort of, you come to you come to that uh, other, other sort of bloke on the other side, and yeah, he he, he uh, relies on the extra sort of twenty point injection. Oh, he does. And look, it has to be said, look, if you got him in this week for Dom Young, he'd be a tough play for South and versus Cronulla in the next two weeks. But the the, yeah. the Knights have three weeks in a row of home games, which is phenomenal especially for head-to-head players that don't care about the last rounds. So it is big. And against Manly in round five, I need to bring it up that Dom Young scored 148 points by scoring four tries. So if you do think that the Dogs are absolutely going to get smashed up at McDonald Jones Stadium by the Knights, Dom does have that potential to score three tries, four tries, and that could happen. But... Yeah, I, I agree with Billy, though. His, his floor isn't very good, and that's um, that's a big difference. So I certainly wouldn't get him instead of a Marju. Uh, Pong, I see you mentioned earlier, Billy. You think that he's he's 100% the best one for this week? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Mate. Plus, he, the fact that he's way later in the round, gives you plenty of time to have a look at who, who your AEs are, what your DC scores are, what the opposition is doing, and either take the score or take the gamble. Yeah, well, when when Pogba has scored his best super coach score ever and it was only in round 18 and it was against the Bulldogs, he gets to do it again, but this time at home because that was an away game against the Dogs in round 18. I shudder yep. to think what he could potentially do and what he could do to owners that don't put the C on him. So I agree with Billy. I think that he's a, he's a must-see. Uh, just make sure that you use your VC wisely on one of those half-back options. Because I think the way to go, Billy, is you VC one of those halves and you and you got to see Ponga. That's pretty much the setup that I think most teams should be having this week. Yeah, I've got a question for you. So, what do you think the v, your VC would have to score this week in order to avoid looping, knowing that you, 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 everyone else is going to have a C on Ponga? I know, I know it takes into consideration the AE. So. Maybe I'll rephrase that. What collective score would your A and your VC loop have to score for in order for you to loop? Well, I, th- I think my AE is going to be about 40 points, which is not too bad. So I don't really care too much about it. And I'd drop someone that's not going to be, you know, that bad. I'd probably end up dropping like a um, maybe a horse or something like that, playing Melbourne, one of those Ford types. But it's really hard, isn't it? Because, you know, normally I would say, look, 125 from Cleary on Friday, I'll probably loop 130. But it's hard when you know that Ponga's upside is at 180, isn't it? Because you get greedy and you just want it all. <laughs> so yeah. that's the problem with it. Like, I don't know what I would would look, feel comfortable looping. Yeah, if I had a 40 AE, I'd say, say 130. I'd almost need a 150, a 140 um, from my VC because I just think that Ponga's 120 easy. 
and yep. has the upside to be bigger. Um, I, it's hard because it's just a week where I just want I, I want the C on Ponga for that Bulldogs game. I think so. Yeah, it's a lot of decisions to make, and I think that we saw last weekend that there was multiple people that ended up worse off. I know that Catfish uh, activated his VC loop, and he ended up losing fifty points because of it. So it yeah. it's one of those things where people whinge. Some people whinge about it being cheating and stuff and whatever. Where the reality is, I reckon about eighty percent of the time you end up losing points by looping. Not cheating if everyone's allowed to do it. That's exactly right. Billy, that is the round. That is the podcast. Thank you very much for jumping on once again. It's always a pleasure to talk super coach with you. And even if you are out of a few head-to-head grand finals, you've still got uh, head-to-head finals, I should say. You've still got a few to win still. I've still got an all-stars comp to win, mate. Don't worry about that. Right, make sure that you take that one out, mate, because one of us has got to take out one of the all-stars comps where we're going to be in trouble. It's going to be a shambles. <laughs> I think Luke Garrity's out of one of them as well now as well. So it's going to be an absolute shambles. We need someone. Someone's got to fly the banner. We'll talk to you about it again in a couple of weeks and hopefully you're in the grand final that week, mate. SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon. You can find us everywhere. You can also jump on to Twitter or X and follow us, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. And also make sure you jump on picklebet.com and have a punt. Sign up with an account today. Use the affiliate referral code ALLSTARS. They'll know that you're one of our listeners and take great care of you. Good luck with head-to-head finals this week. Also, good luck for the overall run. We've only got a month left of footy, so you've still got some ground that you can make up. Can't wait to talk all about Supercoach once again next week. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get 